Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers, past or present. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, My name is Kyle, and I'll be your host today. Uh, Today, we're doing another uh, interview podcast, and today we're joined with uh, Christoph Eisbarn. I I probably messed that name up. Uh, I only speak English, and Chris is actually from uh, Germany, and he owns the company uh, We Do Kind Enrichment. So uh, he has a a really cool company and a really cool Instagram page uh, that we will talk about later. a whole website behind the company where he builds uh, natural enrichment uh, for a variety of different animals, uh, predominantly out of wood, a really, really cool uh, design. So uh, we've been in contact for a little while now, so I just figured uh, we could sit down and have a chat here. So uh, hi, Chris, and uh, welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Hi, Kyle. Thank you very much. Yeah. First of all, thank you very much for the interview, right? So yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so uh, we actually started talking around two years ago. Uh, we actually both started our our you know companies uh, pages at the at very similar times. I think Instagram. I can't remember if Instagram suggested your page to me or I was searching. Uh, and we're basically you have a very very similar name to me, but it actually since it is you are from Germany, it doesn't actually um, you know mean the same thing. Can you explain a little bit uh, behind that and maybe? Uh, the proper pronunciation in case I didn't get it get it right there. No, no problem. Of course I can do. So it's like a Vidokind enrichments. Um, the name behind is an Vidokind is an old Germanic word and it consists of different other words, so old words, like um, really, really old words from Germany. So it's like wood, it's like and consists of of child and of nature in the end. So because there's I choose that name because it really is what I like to transport in my enrichment, because they are natural enrichments. So it's like wood, nature, uh, yes, a child into it. So that's that's why I use this name. And um, yeah, and you're right. We we met, I guess, two years ago in the on the internet, and we I saw your website as well and what you are doing. And it was really similar, like what I'm doing. And it was, uh, it was so nice to find someone else uh, far away from Germany. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a cool uh, kind of little community that, uh, like, I've, I've talked to a lot of the people that uh, kind of do similar things or do, uh, you know, uh, online training and uh, in online enrichment. It's been really cool to uh, kind of meet people uh, like yourself. I think you have a very uh, unique page as far as your designs and the way you approach things. So uh, it's really cool to be able to uh, talk and we we bounce ideas off of each other all the time uh, uh, online. So it's uh, it's really cool to finally, you know, be talking, uh, you know, somewhat face to face. Hopefully, maybe when coronavirus ends, we'll actually be able to, uh, you know, cross paths 
at a conference or something like that in the future. But I come over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's always always good things happening in uh, at Toronto here. So, uh, um, yeah. So let's uh, kind of start a little bit about yourself. Can you give us kind of a background and you know a, you know how did you get into the industry and you know the zoo industry in general? Yeah, of course. So. Um... Maybe at first, um, I'm, I'm not a zookeeper, so it's not my education or it's not my what I've learned. So, and to be honest, I'm not even a professional zoo person. So I more into nature, like I doing canoe trips with people. That is what my profession is, and doing outside stuff. And I was um, getting into it um, because I was always a big zoo fan. I was always interested in animals' behavior and wildlife and in nature. Um, and a good friend of mine um, is a curator in a zoo, so in Berlin. So, and one time he asked me, hey Chris, you're always doing nice uh, things made of wood, because I, I did my own canoe some years ago, um, I built it of wood. So, and then he asked me, okay, do you have maybe an idea? I need something for my animals. So do we have any cool idea what I can build for? And then I asked him, okay, or I answered him, no problem. I can go in my mind and check something out, what, I, what we can do. He explained me a little bit about the animal and what's, what it needs to have to be done for it. So, and then I just made some sketches, showed to him, and then he's fine. Okay, let's try it. And I built it that. So, and then it was fine. So this was a little bit like a like the, how I get into that business because uh, otherwise, I guess without him, I would never had an, any chance to get into that. You know, because you need to have test all your yeah. your of course. So um, yeah, and this was a little bit um, the story behind. And then I I decided, hey, this is totally cool. I like that. I like how the animals get enriched by my things. So um, I was I asked my dad. Come on, Dad. You're good in carpentry. Can we maybe do some kind of a little company or a little, yeah, well, it's a half side company, not not the, not the main business, but just maybe we can do something. And I asked him, and uh, my dad is uh, 68 years old now, so he had a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we decided to to do it. And then I was founding, well, I founded Look and Enrichments, um, founded three years ago. Um, and we are doing our enrichments in our own workshop in Berlin, here in Germany. And um, yeah, that's that was a little bit of the story behind it. And then I uh, started to get more in contact with other zoos and ask them if they're interested in enrichments or what they're doing. Are they are they doing enriched? Do they enrich anyhow uh, the animals? And then we get into chat it to to each other and yeah, so wow. it grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting to uh, uh, hear that you're not actually from the zoo, the zoo industry. I didn't actually know that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's really so. In your in your day job, do you do you usually build? Uh, you know, I, I like do you do carpentry in your in your day job, or or is the, most of the carpentry kind of coming from your your father? It's more like a hobby for me, you know. I um, do it not in a day job. It's more like uh, when I have free time, I do a lot of things. Um, I help my father, whatever, when, when he needs help. And he teaches me something as well. So it's more like a situation where I just, when I just get into it, okay, why can I just build more of these things by my own? 
and then I, sometimes I ask him if he has any good ideas to do it. Um, but it, it's, yeah, right. It's not it's not my my main profession. So it's like it's wow. like more. Yeah. I floated into it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool to see. Uh, you know, uh, enrichment. You know, uh, somebody actually understanding enrichment from from the outside because it's it can be a concept that's that's hard to explain to people on the inside of the industry. So um, that's really cool to to kind of. Have you always had an interest in zoos in particular, or yeah, uh, definitely? I was a big fan always, all the, all the time. Um, and besides of zoos, I'm always I was interested in animals um, in animals far over the world so i was that's why i like to go to the zoo because of course you can get in contact with these animals if you cannot yeah. uh, see them in wildlife or wherever because it's far away <laughs> yeah go to the zoo. um but i always was wondering um yeah when i go to the zoo and i was seeing some or i see some enrichments which uh yeah, it doesn't look because it doesn't look that natural, you know. It's like um, you, you go in a zoo and it's a modern zoo, and modern zoos are well equipped and have wonderful areas, and uh, everything looks really authentic, really nature style. And then I saw, okay, why are the there plastic inside? Why is there a big red uh, or yellow or whatever ball inside? It doesn't match for me for mm-hmm. my eyes you know, when I see that. And then there comes a time, okay, is it possible to do it like more authentic or more matched, matching to the, to the, um, to the area? So yeah, that's what's my, always my, my, in my mind when I yeah. went. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I know when I, like, I, I've always been really interested in zoos and, you know, I grew up on a, on a farm with horses and mm-hmm. kind of been surrounded by animal care in general, but I never, I don't think I ever made the connection I don't like I feel like when when you're actually in the industry and you you're understanding, you know, different things about the exhibits like shifting areas and and enrichment and feeding areas and and different things like that, you kind of go you're you're looking for those things. So you notice them. But I'm not sure if I actually really noticed uh, the enrichment that the animal was getting before I was in the industry, before I actually kind of knew what what that was you know what what that was even supposed to be doing or or why people were putting that there so that's interesting that you uh made that connection is there any uh, was there any animals in particular that you kind of that crossed over between you know what you were seeing in the wild and what you were interested in nature and kind of that made your interest in the zoo more or do you just love animals in general uh, I would say I love animals in general but I'm really into bears <laughs> right yeah that's awesome but, uh, yeah. You know, there's a story behind it. Um, so maybe if you ask me what's my favorite enrichment for what I ever built or whatever I think about, yeah. it's always for bears because I'm just in love with their animals, their behavior, their intelligence, everything. So I saw my first bear in the wildlife on a canoe trip in Canada, by the way. Oh, so cool. Ago, um, me and my dad did a canoe trip uh, starting in Whitehorse. Oh, so, wow. Well, I, guess, I guess all of your listeners know where, know where Whitehorse is. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> in Europe, not everyone, but yeah. Um, so it's nearby the Yukon River. So and one day uh, on our trip, uh, we saw a black bear walk by, and uh, we saw it from our canoe, not far away um, from us, between the trees by the shore, and it was that was amazing. So I fell in love. So. Um, and furthermore, enrichments for bears are very challenging because they need yeah. to be safe and resistant 
And some of our first prototypes were broke up very quickly, which was really disappointing because we had uh, been building it for a long time. But yeah, it's a bare enrichment, so it needs to be really heavy and uh, needs mm -hmm. to be yeah really resistant. So um, yeah, so I guess I guess the bear is one of my favorite animal, any kind of bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that they're they're really amazing. They they really yeah. and yeah, they are very very challenging to develop enrichment for because. You know, it's easy to build enrichment for a lot of the smaller animals, like because you don't really need to worry about, you know, upwards of a thousand pounds crushing your enrichment item that you've just spent so long uh, yes. uh, building. So, how did you go about, you know, testing your prototypes and finding out? It's because, yeah. you know, usually that's if you're in the industry, you know, you just build the, you, you can kind of adapt on a daily basis. But how did you go about finding what's actually bear resistant? Yeah. Um, in the end, uh, of course, it's uh, it's always necessary to test it in the uh, in the um, enclosure, of course. So, but before we do a lot of heavy tests by, uh, yeah, like I'm playing like a bear, you know, I do like I'm a bear. And what would what would I do if I have a big barrel and I think at the bear there's a big treasure for me inside? So what would I yeah. do? I crack it up and I will ring scratch it and uh, dive, deep dive in it and whatever. So. Um, try to do a little strange for that to test it before, um, and then I can see if maybe if, if it can takes me. It doesn't mean that it can take the bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a good pretest, um, and then some kind of. Or in the end, it's like when you you need to bring it in the enclosure, and then you see it. So when then you see it, the bear cracks it up in two minutes, and then maybe you understand how and why is that happened. So and right. then. Adjusted, you bring, you get it after after the bear's gone backstage again, and you can can uh, bring back your idea, um, rebuild it, or do some little attachments or whatever, so that it could work. Then you know, like right, like add-ons or whatever. But it's always a test, and it's always if I do an enrichment, I always say to zookeepers, okay, it's it's like a prototype, you know, we need mm -hmm. to test. And if it's not does not fit good, or if the if the bear cannot work with that, then we need to adjust it. That's that's fine for yeah. everyone, but it's always a big test, you know. Yeah, that's and that's interesting because I think uh, you know as as a, a company, you're approaching the enrichment items uh, in the right way. You know, you're approaching it a lot. Like a lot of the times, people forget that enrichment items need to be constantly assessed. And really, you know, ask yourself, is this still enriching for the animal? Is this optimal for the animal? And as a company, you have to deliver a product that, you know, you think is is perfect for the animal, is like is the right level of enriching and has a lot of those aspects that people really need to be um, critical about and asking themselves about. Uh, so that's that's really interesting that you're taking kind of that approach uh, right off the bat, because I think that's a huge problem that people run into with uh, enrichment. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so what is uh, you know what you have a quite a few items that you build. What what's your favorite? What's your favorite item to build? And what's your you know the kind of embodiment of uh, of your company? You think? Mm. So, um, I guess one of my personal enrichment favorite enrichment is the beehive, which is for bears as well for any kind of bears. Um, it's like well, it consists of several tree grades and a steel rod, so they can the grades can be slided up and down vertically by the bear. So the bear can browse the three grades as 
if it were searching through a beehive in the nature. Um, right. And this is really interesting because I want to, I want a little bit like a copy the nature thing into a zoo and enclosure. You know, that's that's important for me. So, I mean. Our bear has looks looks really good, and it matches in a natural design enclosure. So, which is which is really really important, I think, that the enrichment matches to the enclosure, or mm -hmm. in the enclosure, the authentic atmosphere of the of the zoo. Um, it's not easy to explain. It's like more like more feeling when I when I walk through a zoo and a theater and I see uh, some some really cool items or some really cool um areas where the the animals are living, and then I think, okay. But what is missing? Missing is some kind of good natural enrichment. So that's that's yeah. why I like it the most, maybe. <laughs> right. So you're so so. How do you come up with enrichment ideas? Are you are you generally like targeting a specific behavior uh, that you're seeing in the wild? Are you targeting uh, you know? Are you just are you just trying to trying a bunch of different things and kind of seeing what sticks? Or how how what's your process look like usually? Um, yeah, it looks like that I'm, I'm trying to learn and understand how animals um, in the wild uses their senses and skills to influence their nature, where they are living. So which senses do I have to address to make the enrichment um, yeah, interesting for the animals? So, and I'm also I'm using my contacts to zookeepers uh, in Germany or in other countries like Yukai to find out what their, what their zoo animals react well or badly to. Um, because of course every animal has its own personality like we as humans have so yeah. you cannot enrichment and think that all animals of the same species will use it the same way or react the same way um, and of course I do a lot of research in the internet um, and we do prototypes and testing as I said a lot before we bring it to the zoo for example um, our current project um, is for big cats like tiger or lion so it needs to be tested very good because of the big carnivores uh, strengths like a tiger or lion yeah <laughs> so yeah, absolutely um, to one hand the enrichment has to withstand the strength of the tiger and on the other hand it needs to be safe so it cannot hurt the animal which is an important fact of course by the well as well um so yeah maybe this is so how I this is the idea pool how I get my ideas and um, yeah yeah I, I think I think that's important too because I think a lot of people struggle um, coming up with natural based enrichment ideas and they come at the enrichment challenges more as uh, you know how can I how can I just get a reaction out of this animal and I think it's really important to to really focus on specific natural behaviors because, you know, those behaviors are going to be, are going to be the ones that they're going to be inclined to do often. You know, it's not just, uh, those are the ones that they're happy doing. And, and those are the ones that often have been proven that when they can't do them, that's when they develop a lot of like stereotypies and, uh, adverse behaviors because they're not able to do those natural behaviors. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really the, an important, you know, thing to be thinking about when and looking at their their habitat too, which is something that isn't really talked about too much. Actually, going out, you know, and not just looking at the natural behaviors of the animal, looking at their habitat and what could they yeah. be inter interacting with that you know might not necessarily be super well known or uh, trying to imitate a beehive and stuff like that is is a is fantastic. That's uh, mm -hmm. that's that's really cool. So, mm -hmm. so do you think? Um, that you would ever build something that maybe isn't, 
like specifically like looking natural like would you ever but it's good at building at sorry at bringing out a natural behavior in an animal or do you think are you're kind of sticking with a natural looking no, enrichment no. i think some some um, items need to be um have to be some some kind of form like a like a rectangle or something because it's easy to clean or it's easy to open for the zookeepers because a good enrichment is not only uh, a good enrichment for the animals it's always need to be good enrichment for the zookeeper as well yeah in kind how do i clean it how can i set it up is it easy to set up is it uh, simple to dismantle it um you know as you as you are, you are a zookeeper you know that um in the whole day you have a lot of activities and enrichment is only one part of your activity yeah so um, you have not uh, like me the whole time the whole day time to think about enrichment <laughs> because there are yeah. other things to do as well so the, the job has to be done so um, um so that means the enrichment must be um, maybe simple sometime and effective but uh, the best enrichment is if it's possible for the if it takes a long time for the animal to to browse through or to to enrich the animal so that the animal have a lot time to do with that you know like to handle it the enrichment you know what i mean so like the, it's, yeah. it's important um and on the other hand it needs to be yeah handled easily for the zookeeper as well because if you have a don't know a very heavy enrichment which you need to, for zookeepers for it to um, implement it in the enclosure maybe then it's not a good idea because you need, you need to bring it down and bring it back and you have to take a lot of time for it so there's always um and decision when I'm planning an enrichment, does it work good for the zookeeper as well? Right. Because yeah. Focusing on if it's fit. functional in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, a lot of facilities, they kind of limit themselves. A lot of facilities that, that I know of, they have very strict policies on kind of natural enrichment. Everything needs to look, you know, like a log, like a mm. rock, like a, like mm. something that you wouldn't even notice. Uh, mm -hmm. that it's there necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, very limiting because these enclosures to look good and to, you know, uh, kind of transport the audience and the spectators into, you know, what a, the tundra for a polar bear or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like, um, but I, I think it's, it's important that we realize that, you know, these aren't natural environments and as much as we want them to look like them, we need to be thinking of the animal first and foremost and the, their welfare. So yeah, I think that's, that's an important point is to really be thinking of not only the animal, the zookeepers and, uh, kind of the natural behavior as well. So it's kind of a balance between all three. I don't, I, I obviously I like, you know, your enrichment looks fantastic and I think it really adds a, uh, kind of a cool aesthetic to a lot of the uh, exhibits as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's an important thing to to think about and not kind of get trapped in that it has to look natural for it to be good enrichment. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, we try to match our enrichment products with natural behaviors as best as we can. Um, as you know, enrichment is important for zoo animals, mental and physically health. That's all what you know. Everything is clear. But our handmade objects are only one part of ex, yeah, extensive enrichment program, program. So a lot of development was done in the past and um, the whole year in zoo industry. So modern zoos try to give animals more space in the enclosure, more hiding possibilities, 
Um, so sometimes even zoo guests have to look closely and longer as to spot the animals in the enclosure. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's good. Good, it's fine. It's it's for me. It's a total wonderful development in the industry. So, um, and curators and zookeepers try to create more herds in the zoos or different animal species are socialized within one another. That's all enrichment in the end. That's all um, a way to 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 yeah to to bring a better life for the for the animals. I mean, yeah, these are captive animals. That's, that's the truth. It's captive. It's it's they're not yeah. they're not. Free. So we need to. To, uh, to bring the best for them. So that's maybe yeah. why the design play, why natural behaviors play a role in my design. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, what, uh, what sort of, um, do you have any advice for people, you know, looking for, uh, looking to inc- make a better enrichment program and uh, like, how, what would you, what would you tell them to, to people that are looking to make better enrichment items? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, so first of all, I'm always proud to see that many zoos are all over the world understand how important enrichment is. Um, maybe North America is a little bit more far than we are in Europe. I think I have the feeling that uh, Europe needs still needs to give a little more punch in that. <laughs> so, right. so of course it's not a it's not a new thing. I mean enrichment is implemented since many years. Um, yeah. But I can also see that not all zookeepers consider enrichment as important. What I mean, it depends on the person experiences, their time schedule, working habits, etc. And that's okay. I will not judge anyone. Um, it's like it is. But I can also see a paradigm shift in the zoo industry. So we learn that um, to enrich zoo animals, yes, that it's worth it. And then the demands of visitors have also changed. Um, for example, in Germany, zoo visitors are not willing to watch zoo animals in small or small or tiled enclosures anymore. Yeah, it's 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 a no go. So, and um, the visitors also notice abnormal behavior of the animals as well, like professional zookeepers that do it. So, but to answer your question, um, the most effective built enrichment should be yeah, in use by the animals as long as possible, but cost the zookeeper as little time as possible. That's yeah. what I said before. Um, even it makes fun to create a beautiful, I don't know, beautiful fish cake for seals or small cardboard handicrafts for meerkats. I mean, that's cool, but it should, enrichment should be effective for multiple use, easy to clean and easy to set up and dismantle in the enclosure for the zookeepers. That's what I think is an effective enrichment. Right. Yeah. So be thinking uh, more like big picture as opposed to, uh, you know, just worrying about the specific experience, actually building enrichment that's going to last and that's really targeting natural behaviors and uh, yeah, thinking more bigger picture. What, what, uh, you know, what what do you think is the biggest uh, mistake and uh, sort of fallback? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but what do you think the biggest mistake uh, a lot of people make when they're uh, implementing enrichment items or building enrichment items. Mm. Um, I think the biggest uh, mistake at all is neglecting the zoo's enrichment program. So no matter what type of enrichment is being used, zoos have responsibility for capture and captive animals. And this is not just about feeding. Animal welfare in all aspects uh, should be a priority. So even if enrichment takes a lot of time in a zookeeper's daily routine, it needs to be an integral part, for my opinion, as as you know, zoos are often criticized. So a zoo must be, for my opinion, more than a place where you can watch captive animals. It must be a place where zoo witnesses 
zoo visitors should feel good and when they are leaving a zoo because they saw that the animals are doing well in there. So I guess every enrichment or every idea of enrichment is good. And if a zoo or zoo people think about it and even use time or effort time to do it, then it's cool. Then it's then there is no mistake. So and a big, maybe a big mistake is not to try things. I mean, right. and not not to to bring enrichment program in the daily routine. I know that it's a lot of, uh, I mean, I know it not because I'm not working as a zookeeper, but I, I talked with a lot, of, a lot of people who are working as a zookeeper and they always, many of them tell me, okay, we would like to do things. We would like to build things, but there's a time lag. I have so, so many things to do. And especially if you have a really, really big zoo like we have in Berlin. So we have two zoos in Berlin um, and one is, is, is bigger than the other. So <laughs> yeah. it's really like, you have to you need to have time for it. So there must be um, a good program, a good original program established from the management of the zoo, and everyone in the zoo should think about it. How do how can we do it? And how can we adjust our program? But for me, there is no big mistake. The biggest mistake, as I said, is to neglecting the zoo enrichment program. Right. Yeah. So making you know, figuring out how to, uh, you know, prioritize animal welfare, prioritize enrichment and, uh, making sure that it's happening is, is, is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest fallback that people, that people kind of experience for sure. Correct. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we talked a little bit about, about your company, where can people find you? Where can they, uh, look up your stuff? Where can they talk with you? Um, yeah, they can find me, of course, um, on my website. So it's um, W-I-D-U-K-I-N-D, so it's widukind minus enrichments.de. So, and of course, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. I have some videos on YouTube where you can see how the enrichments, or our enrichments are used by the, by the animals, which is really nice to see. Um, yeah, that's some the main the main channels I'm using. So there you can find me. And of course, we also deliver our enrichment in other countries. We did it not that much so far, but we have one um, enrichment job done last month where we delivered in into Europe into Europe. So it was like a not a German project. It was like a project more far away, which was really cool. So yeah, yeah. just contact us anytime contact me you can find all my details and my number and email or whatever on the website and then we can need can talk about everyone zoos needs of enrichment first drafts and so etc yeah awesome yeah i will definitely link to uh your website and uh your social media pages in the uh, show notes so if anybody wants to check out uh chris uh you also do really really cool drawings of all your enrichment as well so uh it's definitely worth uh worth checking that out as well so if you want to check out uh chris and everything uh that he's doing you can uh check out the show notes and uh, i'll make sure to uh link it all down there uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. It's uh, it was really cool talking to you, and really cool kind of getting the perspective of uh, somebody outside of the uh, zoo industry that's actually thinking about a lot of uh, the really important things that uh, that I'm trying to get across to people, and that uh, you know I think is really really important in the zoo industry. So thanks so much uh, for uh, joining us today. Uh, well, yeah. Really <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>